Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. It's Champions League preview time in Kegolazo. We cover everything from Tuesday and Wednesday matches, Juventus, Barcelona, of course, Atalanta against Ajax, Liverpool, Michelin, Marseille, Man City, so much to cover. But we have Jules Breach, Jules Breach talking to us from England. She hosts the new highlight show for CBS All Access. Jimmy is not here today, but we have his picks. And of course, Roger Gonzalez with all the latest from American male talent in the Champions League this week. Stay tuned, because here we go. Hey everybody, as I mentioned, a loaded episode with so many guests. Unfortunately, no Jimmy today, but he's back tomorrow, don't you worry. But you know what? Even though we don't have Jimmy, we have Jimmy's picks. So here we are every Monday, right before we preview the Tuesday matches, we give you Jimmy's easy money. And as you can see, here are some great, great picks. And by the way, I've already got official reporting that... Uh, a lot of people are being benefactors of Jimmy's amazing brain in terms of these picks. So keep them coming, baby. Jimmy's easy money. So here we go. Robert Lewandowski to score a header, plus 290. That's a good one, I think, right? All he needs to do is score. That's going to happen. And a header, come on. And Atalanta and Ajax to draw. That's a tough one. I don't see that happening, but you never know. Plus 320. And some other options to consider. I won't read all of them, but the one I like the most is Sergio Ramos to get carded. Because, you know, Sergio Ramos is going to Sergio Ramos. So, Jimmy's easy money. These are your picks. Make sure that you make them. And tweet us, Kegolasso Pod, if, if anything came true. And tweet Jimmy and thank him. And if you win some money, maybe do 50-50 with him, right? But here we go. Jimmy's easy money. Every single Monday episode so you can have the best chance of winning some money when you make these picks and watch the Champions League. <laughs> Hey everybody, before we carry on, some good news here for all you gamers, all you betters. We got some soccer props for you. We have a contest open from Tuesday morning, Tuesday morning Eastern uh, US time to Wednesday, Wednesday 3 p.m. Eastern uh, US time. Basically, we got some props, some props for uh, to pick around the best matches, uh, any kind of guesses or wagers in all the games that happen this week. All you need to do is go to CBS Sports dot com forward slash props and we it's not just a quick and easy to play but we have a guaranteed people a guaranteed a thousand dollars price so you know questions such as who will be the first goal scorer in the uv barcelona game uh what will be the final score for uv barca um and anything really across the six 4 p.m easter wednesday matches uh you know from how many clean sheets the games will be kept to what will be the final score when you think about Man United or RB Leipzig. So many props, so many chances for you to win. $1,000 guaranteed. I know I need that money. So go on, cbsports.com forward slash props. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Que Golazo Pod. A lot to cover. We have Jules Breach later on to talk more Champions League. But first, my brother, my man, Roger Gonzalez. Rog, how are you, buddy? Doing great, man. Thanks for having me again. Absolutely. Let's talk American talent, baby. 
Gio Reyna, starting with Gio Reyna, Dortmund faces Senate St. Petersburg on Wednesday. What's the latest on him? Yeah, I mean, I think the expectation now is for him to start this game. His, the, the people his camp, they, they tell me to, they're expecting him to start. They say they're going to be disappointed uh, if he doesn't start. And you look at, you know, that last match that they played, the Champions League opener against Lazio, where they weren't playing that sharp. He was on the bench. He comes in and gets the assist. Completely changed the game. Obviously, uh, Lazio scored quickly after and put it away. But, you know, it's at a point where he's been playing so well. He's such a threat on the ball, even though he's, you know, 17 years old. I think... You know, now comes the time for them to to, to play him because, you know, Zen is a team that, you know, they lost their opener as well. They've got some pressure on them. And, I mean, I think Gio's proven himself every single time he's been out there, it seems. So they're expecting him to start. I am as well, and I would expect him to, to play pretty darn well. Staying in Group F, uh, uh, Ethan Horvath, who who took over Mignolet's uh, position in the opening game, he did well. We saw that great interview with him, uh, with Kate Abdo and, CBS All Access, uh, Club Bruges plays now Lazio. Um, what's the latest on the goalkeeper? Yeah, I spoke to Ethan earlier in the day, and he told me, you know, Mignolet's back in training. He's expecting Mignolet to, to get the start. They had their coronavirus test today, still waiting on the results, but the expectation is for everything to, to be fine there and, and for Mignolet to, to get back in goal. And, you know, this is a situation for him, for Ethan, where, you know, he was their goalkeeper. They bring in Mignolet, which obviously, you know, is a worthwhile move for them and uh, certainly has more experience. But I think, you know, Ethan certainly proved himself. So whether it's, you know, him potentially getting more chances down the road as things kind of develop and if, you know, if he can get some some games domestically and you never know with, with the injuries or especially the inconsistency that Mignolet shows sometime. Uh, but if not, this is also just a, a, there was an audition for him. I think he looked really, really good against Zenit. And there are teams that in Germany that have expressed interest. And I think, uh, you know, more consistent playing minutes uh, aren't too far away from his future. Let's talk about uh, the young defender, Chris Richards and Bayern Munich. Bayern Munich beating Eintracht Frankfurt 5-0. Lewandowski with that great hat trick. Chris Richards, though, wasn't in the squad. What's the latest on him um, as Bayern Munich get ready to face Lokomotiv Moscow? Yeah, not, not a surprise at all to not see him in the squad. Obviously picked up that injury, kind of came back slowly, played for Bayern too in their last match. And, you know, this is obviously the, the UEFA Champions League, the biggest competition in club soccer in Europe. And, you know, to expect him to, to get a whole lot of minutes, uh, you know, wouldn't be uh, the smartest thing. I mean, Hansi Flick, from what I understand, really, really rates him highly. There are a lot of clubs that were trying to get him on loan over the summer. You know, the fact that he stayed, I think, says a lot about the impression that he has made there. Uh, someone who's obviously physical and, and, and plays uh, well beyond his age. And so, you know, I think for him, you know, we'll see him with the Bayern first team uh, a bit in the Bundesliga, maybe some in the German Cup. And if he impresses, you know, maybe we see him when it comes to uh, the knockout stages. But, you know, at this time, he's just he's one of their diamonds in the rough that has a, a great future, but not someone I think that's ready to be just thrown into uh, consistent minutes uh, over the course of the, of the season. Absolutely. All right, let's hit two birds with one stone here, Roger. As Juventus faces Barcelona, obviously Cristiano Ronaldo not in this one, uh, still suffering from COVID-19. You know, uh, regulations, he needed to pass negative last week. He didn't, but Weston McKinney was back in the squad. He wasn't used against Verona this weekend. Serginho Dest was used, started in El Clasico, played very well, even though Barcelona didn't win. They're both facing each other. Uh, this week in this much anticipated uh, game, even though without Ronaldo, it's still great for American audiences to see Serginho Dest against Weston McKinney. What's the latest on both? Let's start on Dest. 
Yeah, so for Dest, just like you said, I mean, in that in that El Clasico, he, you could argue he was Barcelona's best player. Yeah, he looked pretty sharp, good on the ball, used his body well to defend, and made some really timely tackles in the box, one on Casemiro. And I think, you know, he's someone who's obviously, you know, continuing to grow, has that respect from, from Roma Koeman, someone who obviously knows him quite well. And, you know, I think we will continue to see him start. I think if he starts El Clasico, he probably starts in this match as well. And he hasn't been going as forward as I thought he would, but uh, he's been performing really well. And, you know, when it comes to West End, you know, obviously, you know, having that, that coronavirus and, and going through that, like you said, he wasn't used against Verona. He trained uh, and seemed to train well today. And, you know, it's going to be interesting to see because he started uh, some of those early games this season. And it was kind of surprising, I think, for me to to see him in that role under Andrea Pirlo. And so I think we'll learn a lot because if he starts against Barcelona, that tells you, I think that, that Pirlo certainly has big plans for him. I expect to see him on the bench to start, but I hope I'm wrong because it'd be really fun to see uh, him go up against Serginho. Yeah, one of the things that we were talking about here in the podcast, Roger, and I'd love your opinion on it, is like, you know, obviously nobody wants to see anybody, uh, you know, get infected with COVID-19 and, and, and have the symptoms that we're happy people are recuperating. But one of the other issues from a soccer perspective is that Weston McKinney's absence gave the chance for other midfielders uh, Rabio, Aaron Ramsey, what have you, to really just take in that role. And we're worried that, oh, is Pirlo now going to lose attention? What do you make of it? Do you think that now that Weston McKinney recuperates, gets better, he's going to go back in that starting 11 sooner rather than later? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think on paper, it's hard to kind of envision him as this, you know, as this sure starter for them. Talk about Arthur as well, who came over uh, from Barcelona and the flexibility that Juve have in the midfield. Uh, but I think Weston, you know, sets himself apart from a lot of players with just his work ethic, which uh, from what I understand, Juve have, have been really impressed with just how hard uh, he works on both ends of the, of the pitch, the hustle that he puts in. You know, I think he's someone who will get consistent minutes. I think that's certainly in the minds of, of Juventus and, and Weston and his, his representatives when it comes to, you know, triggering that that uh, option to, to buy from, from Schalke. I think, you know, I, I, I think as he's returning now, we probably won't see significant minutes early on, but I definitely think he's someone who, you know, with all the fixtures they have, especially with the Coppa Italia, uh, he'll get his fair share of minutes. But I hope we certainly see him against Barca. Roger Gonzalez, CBS Insider, writer, talent, all-round great human being. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you next time, buddy. Thanks, man. The UEFA Champions League is back with every match streaming on CBS All Access. Messi, Lewandowski, Neymar, icons of today, but the next generation is not far behind. Match day two of the group stage is here this week, and you don't want to miss the drama of the world's most prestigious tournament combined with the world-class coverage of CBS Sports. Go to cbs.com UCL to start your free trial today. The UEFA Champions League. There's nothing like it. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Que Golazo. As promised, we have a great guest, a great friend, Jules Breach. Jules, thank you so much for joining us. How are you? Hi, Luis. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I am very well, thank you. I'm excited for match week two of the Champions League and everything that this will bring because the the first week back was was crazy so many goals so many good storylines some shock upsets some uh, brilliant results some amazing goals so yeah I, i'm looking forward to match week two and looking forward to talking uh, about it all with you guys well 
amazing goals. You said it more than once, and we have to highlight the fact that Jules, by the way, everybody, uh, speaking to us, obviously, uh, from England, uh, she is hosting our special highlight show. After every match day, there's a special highlight show which Jules uh, hosts with uh, Julian Lawrence. And I, I have to say this, it's amazing that also Adebayo Akinfemwa is also part of your group. How, how You can watch it on CBS All Access, make sure you watch it, a great highlight show. It just has all the packaging, all the goals, all the highlights. Jules, how's it been going? By the way, what talk about diverse group of people, right? <laughs> I know it's um it's a really fun team and I think that's the whole idea of this highlight show is just to make it fun and entertaining and engaging but in a way that you still won't miss a single thing that happened that night so if you've been at work or you haven't had the chance to watch the games or of course if you want to watch one specific game so therefore you've not seen any of the other matches um this show hopefully means you can catch up on absolutely everything so every single game will have a highlights package so you'll see every single goal from that night um and hopefully some fun stories as well so yeah you mentioned i have julian laurence with me for most of the shows and um, obviously he's a fountain of european knowledge so it's amazing to have someone like him sat next to me for all that expertise and then the second guest will change from show to show. So last week we had Adebayo Akinfemwa, as you said, um, who is just um, exactly as you see on camera, like he's hilarious. Um, he tells the best stories. Um, he's very self-deprecating in the fact that he says, you know, I've never played in the Champions League. Like, I don't know what this is like, but um, he can obviously speak from a professional footballer's perspective and he can tell us some, some great insight about you know, players that he played with and what it's like being in that situation, obviously not at that elite level, but still at a very professional high level of football that most people would dream to make it to. So um, yeah, a really good couple of uh, guests for the first week this week. Um, I think I've got Adibayo again for one of the shows. And I think Rafa Honigstein is going to join us for Fantastic. the other one. Um, so yeah, should be really fun. I, I'm so excited, guys. Please watch it. Uh, Jules uh, is, you know, and you, you, of all the talent that you're talking about, I want to talk about you, a tremendous talent and such a great addition to CBS. So we're so happy to have you and get this going. All right, let's get talking, Jules, about business, Champions League match day. Match week two, uh, we have some interesting uh, matchups. We've already talked to Jamie about a few of them. Uh, I'll just run through them with you and let's see what we can talk about first. I mean, we obviously have Bayern Munich uh, away at Lokomotiv Moscow, uh, Real Madrid, who just won, obviously, against um, Barcelona and that much-needed victory in El Clasico. They're playing Mönchengladbach, who I think is one of my favorite teams in, in, this, in this Champions League, Atalanta Ajax. But let's focus on first... Uh, the Premier League teams. Uh, Man City's playing Marseille. Liverpool's playing Michelin. Um, both got wins uh, in the opening round. Let's let's go with Liverpool against Michelin. Michelin debut in the Champions League. How do you see Liverpool so far in this tournament, I guess, and in the campaign? Well, I think that all Liverpool fans, having got a victory without Virgil van Dijk, without Alisson, and heading into last week's game off the back of um, no wins in three matches in all competitions to get that victory last week over a very talented Ajax side was was huge it was um it was a big one not just in terms of the three points that they get, get for the group but also in terms of their man mentality because losing players like Virgil van Dijk and Allison 
that isn't just, okay, we've lost two of our best players. In terms of the confidence that gives the opposition, knowing how they can attack that goal, knowing that they're going to have a bit more um, space than maybe they normally would or have more efforts on goal without the likes of those two players um, in the team is a massive thing. So for Liverpool to go into that match with Fabinho and Gomez at centre-back and for them to keep a clean sheet, I think was a, was a, was a really positive thing for Liverpool as a team. And obviously any game where you're going to get a win, regardless of how you get it, because I think Ajax did have some, some decent chances in the match um, and they'll be kicking themselves that they didn't make more of those. I think Liverpool will be delighted with the way that it started, albeit it wasn't an emphatic victory in any way. I don't think it really matters. And then they backed that up this weekend in the Premier League as well by beating Sheffield United. And the fact that Alisson was back for that game is massive coming into this week in the Champions League because, okay, they still don't have Virgil van Dijk. Unfortunately, he'll probably be out for the rest of the season for Liverpool, but to have their goalkeeper back, that just adds a little bit more stability, a little bit more confidence to the side. Um, and I think that they can now go into this second match feeling pretty good about themselves. Of course, it's still not the same team, but when you've got your front three that are as talented as they are, probably the best front three in the world still, in my opinion, I think that even if you may be a little bit weaker than usual at the back if you're going to outscore teams you're going to win games and looking at Liverpool's front three they'll probably outscore most teams um, and facing a Michelin side who lost their first game you know they they um, conceded four goals to Atalanta in that match and as you say um, Luis they are first time group stage um, team for the Champions League I think Liverpool will have too much quality for them. And particularly with the game being at Anfield, I mean, even without the fans there, Liverpool are so, so strong. So I can't see this being anything other than a Liverpool win, if I'm if I'm honest. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And I think one of the good things about this uh, fixtures, uh, specifically for Jurgen Klopp, is that it comes at the right time, right? Ajax was, like you said, not pretty, but a victory nonetheless. Sheffield United, once again, not pretty, but a victory nonetheless. And now they don't have to travel, which we take for granted, I think, uh, mm -hmm. during these times, just the amount of traveling that they have to do. Um, and now they're welcome, uh, you know, arguably the weakest team in that group. And if they can just get three points there, then they can begin to settle. And as you mentioned, of course, uh, you know, the return of Brazilian goalkeeper Allison is, is gigantic. I think it's absolutely gigantic because no matter how much they press, no matter how much they attack, it all begins with the foundation and the stability of Allison. Let, let's talk about Man City. They, they beat Porto uh, a, a good win. They tied against West Ham this weekend. Um, they play Marseille, who weren't that great, uh, you know, in the opening uh, week. H how do you see this one? Because Man City do have to travel, actually. Yeah, they do. And as you say, that is, um, it's quite a lot for the players and, and the team at the moment with all the COVID restrictions. And, and more than that, it's actually about how many games there are. I mean, the fixture schedule, it's just ridiculous. Like, you know, they, they're playing so many matches and that's really affecting the team. And that's kind of the story with Man City, really, because they have so many injury concerns heading into this match. We saw in the Porto game that Fernandinho came off injured and that is a real blow to Manchester City. Um, then the boost of having Aguero back for that game, then he's injured in the game against West Ham. So now they're without, well, they're without Sergio Aguero once again. And I think what I was just saying about Liverpool in comparison to Manchester City, 
So Man City's story has always been about when will this defense improve? The amount of money that has been spent by Pep Guardiola on a Manchester City defense that still doesn't really look like it's improving at all. They've still not really replaced Vincent Kompany since his departure. Fernandinho only has another year left at the club and they don't look like they've got a replacement for him. David Silva's now moved on. Have they got a replacement for him? Some would say Phil Foden, but some would say it's still not enough. Um, and then you look at the the strike the strikers at the club and you've got Sergio Aguero and Gabriel Jesus, two extremely talented, uh, amazing players. But when they're both injured, it, it leaves Pep Guardiola restricted to who he can play in that position, which usually means Raheem Sterling will play as a number nine and that's not really where Raheem Sterling is most effective you know you want to see him get at players and, and take players on and, and beat them with his pace and his skill um so that's a real issue for Man City um having said that I do think that they'll get a win at Marseille I think that Andre Villas-Boas um he's got a few issues at Marseille they they won um at the weekend at Lorient so they come into this match off the back of a victory domestically but still, looking at this fixture in terms of the teams and who's available, despite Manchester City's injury issues, I still think Man City will have too much for Marseille. And I think that this group, when you compare the groups of all of the other Premier League teams that are in the Champions League, this is probably the simplest group in terms of a Premier League team uh, of what they could have hoped for. Um, you know, Porto and Olympiacos, they're no pushovers, but I still feel like Man City should top this group. And I think that they'll get a win out in France. Yeah, very good point. And, you know, Marseille losing to Olympiacos in the opening game for them, I think is also going to maybe give them extra oomph. Mans or not, the fact that they're at home, they're probably going to want to protect that. Jules, when we're looking at the overall spectrum of this week, obviously the biggest game to talk about is uh, Barcelona-Juventus. Barcelona coming off um, a loss in El Clasico, uh, and they have to you know, play a Juventus side that without Cristiano Ronaldo tied against Verona this weekend as well. You know, Cristiano Ronaldo is believed to not even play in this game as well due to the fact that he's still dealing with uh, COVID-19. Um, how do you see this one? This is a big one. And for American fans, you know, Serginho Dest as well. We'll see if Weston McKennie comes on the other side. It's a big game. It is a huge game. I'm just so gutted that we don't get to see the Ronaldo Messi storyline that we all were licking our lips at when the draw was made. I remember that ball coming out of the hat and just going, Oh my God, we get to see the two goats face each other. Uh, but hey, it's not the only time they play each other. There's still the reverse fixture of this. So let's hope that uh, Ronaldo is fit and firing again for that one because that's what all the fans want to see. Um, I believe the story with that is that he needed to return a, uh, a negative COVID test by last week, Wednesday. Um, and that wasn't possible, um, which is why he can't play in the fixture on Wednesday. Um, so a real shame, but hopefully he'll be back for the next one. But in terms of the fixture, I mean, you talk about the two American players facing off against each other. That's then like the kind of sub storyline, I guess, for you guys out in America, that's the big storyline. Um, and it will be fascinating to see that because they're both two players who you know, Sergino Dest has just signed for Barcelona, but he's done done pretty well since his signing in the summer. And I think he's impressed a lot of people. Um, and Weston McKinney is one of the young Americans that I think everyone's talking about. And um, he's got a really exciting future ahead. So 
they're definitely going to certainly be two players to look out for. But Barcelona, man, I don't know what is going on there. Like there are some serious issues and Ronald Koeman has got a job on his hands to turn things around. We talked in the summer about Kike Setien's sacking at the time and, and you know, wondering like what was going to happen and who was going to take over. Would Messi stay? Would Messi go? Everything's kind of settled now, but really the problems are still there. You know, they've got financial issues, which is why they're relying a lot more on young players, which is, which is great because we get to see a lot of young, talented players uh, in the team. And Ansu Fati is just something else. I mean, becoming the youngest goal scorer in the Champions League last week and then following that up and becoming the youngest goal scorer in El Clasico, he is a seriously talented kid and he's not even 18 yet. I think he turns 18 next weekend. Um, I mean... <laughs> When I was 18, I was like, God, I had no idea what I was going to do with my life. And this kid is like making headlines. It's quite amazing. So, but they still, they still lost El Clasico and it's the biggest match of the season, especially at home at, at the new Camp. So yeah, they've got a real point to prove. And I think if they lose this game, wow. I mean, I guess they they might not be expected to win it being at Juventus. It's at Juventus, isn't it? So I, I you know, I don't, I don't know if they go into this one expecting a win, but if they don't get something out of it, it just piles even more pressure on the Barcelona team and, and on Ronald Koeman because there's, um, there's, yeah, there's a lot of work to do there. So it's a, it's a fascinating match and definitely one that all eyes will be on on Wednesday. So looking at these two days and really just because you're, you know, it's our, your first time here with us, I'm super intrigued to see, is there any team that you're looking at and, uh, you know, watch out for them? Because, you know, we're all talking about Man City, Barcelona's, Juventus, uh, Real Madrid, et cetera, Liverpool, but is there a team, Jules, where you say, you know, watch out for them. They could cause a stir here and there. You know what? Last week, I think that team were Atalanta. I mean, every every neutral fan wants to just see goals, don't they? And Atalanta are a team that will never disappoint you in that aspect. They will constantly score goals and they're very entertaining. They've got a really talented squad. And I, I watched the way they played against Michelin last week. And OK, it's Michelin, of course they're not going to be the, the toughest team to play against, but still it's ruthless in the Champions League. And to put four past them, I think they're a really, really good side to watch and could be dark horses. When we look back at last season's Champions League, they were this close to beating PSG. They got to the quarterfinals in their first ever Champions League campaign. So I don't know. I feel like they could do something. I think that looking at that group with Liverpool in, it will, for me, be, which I, you know... It's hard to rule Ajax out because they are an exciting side, but I think that it's, well, I guess a lot depends on the result between the two teams, but I think that it will be Liverpool and Atalanta that progress out of this group. And I think Atalanta, you never know, they could be dark horses. They could, they could go all the way. It's an outside shout because there are a lot of bigger teams with deeper squads and, and a lot of talent in them, but, if you're asking me for a kind of a dark horse, an outside kind of a punt, I would go for Atalanta. I, I love watching them. And they're one of the teams who I always look out for their results in, in domestic competitions as well. And they always score. There's always goals on the score sheet for them. Well, Julesy, this is why we're friends, because I completely agree. And that's actually what yeah. I've been saying the whole lot. To me, Atalanta is just... 
uh, I've always, I always say that Atalanta is, is, is the uh, football equivalent of, of that Mike Tyson quote, everybody has a plan until you punch them in the face. That's Atalanta. You think you come <laughs> in with a plan and Atalanta doesn't care. They go all out. Having said that, they are struggling a little bit in Serie A. Another loss this past weekend, but Gasperini's uh, tactics are just so much fun. And when you go that against the sort of, you know, uh, possession-based, control-based tactics of Eric Ten Hag's Ajax, it's going to be quite a game. And everybody forgets, by the way, Ajax, I mean, not Ajax, sorry, well, Ajax too, but no, Atalanta doesn't have the budget of a Man City or a Liverpool. They have the budget of a championship side. And the fact that they're doing so well is amazing. And, and Gasparini has, I mean, this football that they're playing under him is incredible. I think it's the 27th, in that Champions League game last week, it was the 27th time they've scored four or more goals in a match under him. It's like, Amazing. it's just crazy. Like, that's what you want to see as fans. So I think that they're kind of everyone's second favorite team after the team you support in the Champions League. So yeah, uh, I'm, I'm rooting for them as I am, of course, all of the, the teams from, from Britain as well. So all the Premier League teams and, and the teams in Europa League from Scottish Premiership as well, they're, they're the teams that I want to see go far. Um, but as a dark horse, yeah, Atalanta for me. Jules, by the way, uh, for those who don't know, you know, Jules, uh, you know, her background is as substantial as it is diverse, but you grew up also part of your childhood and, you know, you went to college in Brighton. Uh, are you a Brighton fan, Jules? Yeah, I am. Unfortunately, we're not in the Champions League. Um, you and me both, right? Being a Villa fan, it's, it's just... Uh, <laughs> uh, at, least, at least you've been there and won it, eh, in the past, but That's not true. for us. <laughs> not for true. us. Um, we can only dream of that day, but at the moment, I mean, it's it's just unbelievable being in the Premier League. We're still, we're still loving that and hoping that lasts another season. And, you know, I'm pretty happy with how the season has started for Brighton, despite the results and despite the points on the board. The performances have been there and it's incredibly frustrating, but it's also in a way kind of rewarding hearing people talk about the team that you've watched for the last however many years of your life, finally play football that people are actually like applauding and saying, oh, this is a great team to watch, you know? And I think it'll just take time for things to click and for the results to come. And the game against West Bromwich Albion in the Premier League tonight is fingers crossed one where Brighton will get all three points. I mean, that's a game that, that we absolutely have to win. So um, yeah, Brighton for me, despite the fact that I probably would have had the choice of, of any team really considering I grew up in about four different countries, but um, yeah, Brighton for me, that's where I was born. That's where I was raised um, really since my late teenage years until now. So yeah, I'm, I'm rooting for Brighton to do well in the Premier League this season and hopefully climb up the table and get a better finish than we did last year. Well, they're a great team. It's a great city. Uh, I also grew up in the UK and I loved going down to Brighton. Uh, Tariq Lamptey is such a talent as well. So great to see him doing so well. Jules Breach, you can watch the highlights show. The highlight show after every match day on CBS All Access. The guests are great. Julian Laurence, of course, but, you know, uh, we've already talked, of course, about um, Adebayo Akinfemwa and other guests. Such a great, you know, goals, highlights, everything. Make sure that you watch it. Jules, um, it's such a pleasure to have you. Let's hope we have you again soon. 
Thank you very much for having me, Luis. And uh, yeah, please, everyone, tune in. Um, we're going to have loads more fun this week. And you won't miss a single thing in the Champions League as long as you tune in to the highlight show. So I'll see you guys this week. Thanks, Miguel. Luis Miguel, I, you've got such a long name. I can't even remember. <laughs> you know what? My wife has the same problem, so don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much to Jules Breach for tuning in and joining us here on Kegolasso. Don't forget that you can follow us on Kegolasso Pod on Twitter and leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and stream Kegolasso, whether it's Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere else you listen to your pods. So make sure that you have a great week, have a great Champions League experience, and we'll see you next time. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.